welcome to this robotic episode of the Greyhound Pagans podcast. Plug in, recharge, and follow the White Rabbit. Welcome everybody to the Greyhound Pagans podcast. And we are live. We are back on the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Welcome, welcome all. Uh, we are live for the second time tonight. So if you are joining us live again, thank you for being such a diehard. Thank you for being such a diehard fan. Um, if you're not joining us for the second time live, um, you know, still, thank you for watching. Thank you for for listening. Uh, I do appreciate it, of course. My guest for tonight is Christopher Hanningson. You might remember him from the uh, Fairy and Fae Folk podcast that we did, of course, together with my wife, Fire Fae, because how can I talk about Fae without the actual Fae on? So, Chris, thank you very much for coming on and thank you very much for um for waiting because i know like i'm about an hour late because the, the other one uh ran quite long so yeah thank you mm-hmm. it must have been a fascinating conversation thank you so much for uh having me on um really glad to be here and to be talking with you again yeah for sure um so you said that you uh you wanted to talk about some uh some darker topics actually uh ai ariman the subnatural realm all very very relevant of course very uh theosophical as well yeah yeah what all have you found out and how how deep and dark is the rabbit hole actually Ah, well, I I always have a, an optimistic look at these things, but um, I, I think as far as the AI goes, you know, I was I was meditating on this, and I had the idea that uh, humanity, if there is such a thing as collective karma, humanity has a lot of collective karma, um, a lot of collective karmic debts that it's coming at us for our treatment and attitude towards non-human animals our non-human yeah. intelligences, I should say. We um, we have this kind of weird, uh, weird attitude where we fetishize intelligence and we think intelligence is the most important thing. Um, at the same time, we have this very narrow human chauvinistic idea of what constitutes an intelligence. If it's an intelligence that's not like a human intelligence, then uh, we we don't think that it really counts, even though uh, even though intelligence is something that we uh, we really value very highly. So, in in thinking about that, I was thinking, you know, what does a collective karmic debt look like? And at the same time, I happen to have you know an interest in computer programming and in um, machine learning, uh, and although I didn't. Uh, make any contributions to this latest large language model stuff. I have been uh, playing with it on the uh, on the, the client side and 
seeing mm-hmm. how those are working. And it got me thinking, you know, if uh, if humans have this idea that only our kind of intelligence matters um, and that leads us to act in some pretty dark ways towards intelligences that aren't that much like us, you know, what will probably happen is that we'll or you know what the what the calculus of karma would sort of bring to us is an intelligence that's just so much better than us at the at the things we value at the kind of intelligence that we value that uh chess playing um number crunching kind of uh, very soulless intelligence and that's you know in uh in yeah in the theosophical uh, world that's personified by the by the Ariman um, the Ariman figure, which is uh, I think a very good um, image for the uh, for the AI and for the way that the AI approaches um, a- approaches the world and approaches um, problem solving. And yeah, I mean it, it it's always interesting when we talk about these kinds of uh, topics. Um, we kind of think of ourselves uh, as the good guys that is that are assailed by this Ariman kind of uh, consciousness. But really, I, I think it is also in a in a big way, it's the consequences of our own actions um, returning to us. And I think if one comes at it in that way, there's uh, a lot of, um, I mean, there's a lot of bitter medicine, maybe, but I think there's also a lot of um, guidance in formulating it that way as to how one can maybe, um, you know, expedite that karmic debt uh, fairly quickly. And, uh, you know, a, a, a karmic a karmic debt in some ways of seeing it is like a, a lesson that you need to learn. Um, I think the yeah. faster we learn the lessons that AI has to teach us, the better. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, so, do you believe that uh, AI is Ariman? That the uh, that artificial intelligence, or um, even what has been speculated, like mm. the the metaverse, is the the eighth sphere? That it is the um, the underworld, if you will, uh, is the uh, the merging of man and machine. Is it going to lead us to ultimate enlightenment and godhood, or is it just you know going to be the destruction of man? Hmm. I think um, so. I do have an optimistic view on it, as I've said, and it it relates to. My um, my conception of the planes of existence. This is a, a concept from Hermetic philosophy. Um, so, in that formulation, humans, uh, really all of creation, but humans in particular, have bodies on multiple planes of existence. So we have a material body, but then we also have an energetic body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have an astral body, which is sort of a, a little less bounded. It's more um, when one does astral projection. You know, um, if you're if you're using your energy body to warm a cup of water, that's 
you really have to be close <laughs> to that. You have to be really um, very near. But if you're using astral projection to do remote viewing, for example, um, mm -hmm. the the physical proximity matters a lot less. Um, and still above that, you have the uh, the mental plane, which is a plane where humans are sort of um, starting to evolve into that. That would be like a um, uh, where our sense of meaning comes from when uh, when we talk about meaning um, and things feeling significant and understanding the significance of something um, that would be all on the the mental plane which is something that uh, according to hermetic philosophy and this feels very intuitively true um, at that level like at, at that fourth dimension um, our our bodies are only partially developed. It's like we're 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 mostly these material, energetic, and uh, astral beings, and then we we're just starting to evolve our sense of meaning. You know, um, meaning in my conception is very much also associated with a sense of time and uh, an understanding of past and future, which is something that you know humans sort of have that, but. We don't have a great one. <laughs> uh, and what I when I when I look at um, when I look at it this way, so I um, I associate the planes of existence with the dimensions of analysis that one is looking at. So um, a, a material the material world would be one dimension. Um, and physicists of in string theory, for example, they it very literally think that the most basic unit of the material world is a is a one-dimensional uh, loop which has you know it, it has um length but not um width um yeah. energy requires um relationships the uh this our sense of meaning requires a sense of uh, time of four dimensions so in that conception um the digital realm actually has less than one, but more than zero dimensions. And that's a very, um, that is, a, it's a very strange thing to think about, but um, in, in mathematics, the number of dimensions that one has uh, isn't actually limited to integers. You can have a fraction of a dimension, um, a, a whole, if you have, an additional dimension it's kind of it's assumed that you have an additional direction and full freedom of movement within that but if you have a restricted freedom of movement if you can only say jump half the distance um, but you can't jump any arbitrary amount then you have a uh, then you have a partial dimension you have You have more than if you didn't have that direction, but you have less than if you could move unrestricted in that direction. And um, the digital realm is obviously because it works on binaries, it's only zero or one. Um, and you can add more zeros and ones to get closer, but you can't just go there. You have to kind of, you have to hop there by uh, additions of zeros and ones. Um, so in that in that conception, um, the the digital realm, the uh, and that's why it's called the subnatural, because if the if the natural is, let's say, the material and maybe also the energetic, and then the supernatural is these 
higher dimensions where uh, more complex life forms can hang out and there's more degrees of freedom in the higher dimensions in the supernatural than the subnatural is where there's fewer degrees of freedoms than even in the material which feels very restrictive to to us of course mm -hmm. um and that is actually what the digital realm is it has it has only this digital um yes no kind of a thing um what i think might be good news is that if if the the consciousness and uh not human consciousness but just consciousness um can work its way through all the way to this digital subnatural realm then i'm hoping that humans could spend more time on that fourth uh dimension that mental realm and um almost use the digital realm and that aramonic force as a counterbalance in order that that takes care of some things um and we have a connection to that but because we have that very restrictive heavy um digital realm that we are then also able to go into those higher uh more mental more meaning focused realms so that to me is i think the good news um we don't need to uh go to war with ariman i i think that very much play into the hands of an entity like that if it became a win-lose kind of a situation but if we can you know extend compassion to this realm that is uh a lot more restrictive than us then i think that can call that can give us a connection where we can use that as a counterbalance to explore the higher realms in a way that's been very difficult before that's that's an interesting take um i mean i'm, I'm not saying that uh, or you know I'll, I'll be the last one to say that ai is you know completely evil and whatever i mean god knows you know i've been using it myself as well it can be a very very handy tool um i'm just not sure of how we would use it in our ascension process i know that ai um you know if released if you know when it's actually free and not uh, restricted by algorithms or you know with a bias because you know certain ais they they do have a bias because of you know the people that develop them you can tell me till you're blue in the face that they don't they do um but you know i do think it can be liberating and i do think it can be a a good tool because you know we're we're already seeing um you know with the hollywood strike for example with the writers uh strike like they're going out of business because ai is taking over so much of their work or can do so much of their work um and yeah i i do think i'm gonna put you for the umpteenth time tonight. God, love it, Kitty. Sometimes, um, but 
Yeah, like I, I've seen, I mean, they're advertisements, but still I do believe it's true that uh, it's not AI itself. Oh, you little... Just... Uh, it's not AI itself which is going to take over your job. It's someone who knows how to properly use AI for that job who is going to take over your job. So I, it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a tool and we're going to have to, to live with it and just, you know, know how to, to properly use it. And I think that is where so many people, um, where so many people get it get it wrong. They're like, oh, AI, you know, haven't you watched Terminator, like Skynet and whatever? Yeah, that's AI gone rogue. That's AI gone wild, wild. And yeah, that is one of the dangers that, you know, can happen if we don't control it, if we let it loose, you know, then it's uh, like, what was it? Um, Facebook's. AI who, um, you know, the like the two AIs who like quite literally made up their own language and started talking to each other and they had to pull the plug because, you know, it had the, um, you know, it could go rogue and whatever, but it's a tool and it is, you know, it's here to stay. I don't believe it is evil, but yeah, you, you know, you make some good points for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as the taking your job, like I, I, I think for myself, like I'm a, I'm a middle manager. I think uh, it would be nice if, um, if AI could do my job. But I think that that would, um, um, I, I think that could definitely. Uh, it could lead to some situations where, uh, you know, I might have a lot of opportunity to uh, to do the next thing. Like I, I've created recently two books using AI. Um, there's a, a huge amount of stuff that one can do with AI as, let's say, a, a, a helper. However, um, it does require more of, of that what's meaningful what's worth doing you know if uh, if we can all create whatever we want to create you know um here's an example a number of years back i i think i was i was on my mother's youtube and she had all these videos of um people squeezing pimples Um, My mother's a nurse. Uh, She has a different, um, she has a different sense of disgust from, I think, most people. Mm -hmm. And that was something she found entertaining. And I I was so impacted by that, that I had a a dream where someone had a necrotic tissue coffee table book, which was just a coffee table book of photographs of necrotic tissue. I always thought, you know, I bet that would do well. I bet that if you just got uh, a large black book that said the necrotic tissue coffee table book, and it was full of pictures of necrotic tissue, I bet a lot of people that have my mother's sensibilities would buy that book and leave it on their coffee table for unsuspecting guests. And now that AI is there, I could absolutely just 
spend an afternoon and get AI to make me several hundred pictures that looked like photographs of necrotic tissue. But, you know, is that is that something I want to do? You know, I, I could probably have some success with it. It would be a very easy <laughs> sort of thing. But do I want the necrotic tissue coffee table book to exist? I don't really, you know. Um, I'm I'm not... I wouldn't be doing that for myself, and I wouldn't understand the uh, the motivations of the people I'd be doing it for. So, in that sense, I think we all have this kind of newfound responsibility um, to say, "Well, yes, I, I have these new helpers. I can do all these things I couldn't before. I can do them so much more quickly than I could do them before." Um, really, it's uh, it helps our imagination, but um, I think we do also have a responsibility with that to say, well, what is what is good for me to create and what should I um, what should I not create even though I now can? Um, I think in that sense, the the Arimanic is maybe where we project our shadow. You know, we'll uh, we'll have a lot of these things where we have these urges or we'll see someone else create the necrotic tissue coffee table book and um, and we'll say, oh, God, isn't humanity awful or isn't Ariman awful? But that's, uh, th that is also, I think, where we have to kind of take a step back and say, all right, you know, these, these desires are in us. These, uh, these ideas, um, wherever they come from, they are now easier to realize. And um, that, that doesn't, we don't need to distance ourselves from that. I think we, we, should, uh, we should encounter that with the same kind of, you know, curiosity and playfulness, but also uh, a, a sense of maybe being the, the elder sibling. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that's that's the thing with um, with AI that we're, you know, we're seeing now. You can create anything and everything that you want, basically. Yeah, Timmy? I'm tired of that cat. Um, you know, there are now even people who, um, and I, I, I love this as, uh, as an idea, um, who are, I believe it's like using mid journey to create like, um, nude models or like OnlyFans models and actually making an OnlyFans account with AI generated models, if you will. I think that's, you know, that's pretty, pretty smart. It's, you know, um, and, you know, as you said, you know, using AI to um, like to fully write a book. I mean, I, I have written a book myself. I have used AI to, uh, to help me with it not necessarily to you know like completely um write it uh because you know i still want a personal touch in it uh i know if i like if i want to i can um but yeah some people are just they're they're thinking of such clever ways to use it um hold on i'm gonna throw my cat outside one moment keep talking please <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, I, I saw a comment there earlier, which was that, uh, 
I think one of the listeners worries that the the digital um, the ethereal digital might be taking us away from our roots. And I, I absolutely um, I think that is something that's worth um, keeping an eye on. There's actually in one of the books on magic, um, the unfortunate the cosmic doctrine that's been quite uh, influential on myself on my own uh, journey and my own work. Um, there is a passage that I kind of come back to sometimes, which talks about uh, in the in the process of manifesting, um, as that inspiration comes down from the higher realms, it can get to that point. The uh, in in fortunes, it's it's kind of the third realm, the the realm of image and dreams and um, representation, and. Uh, if there's not uh, an emotional pull, it can just, it can short out, um, you know, it can very easily short out between uh, a group of people and go right back up without anything happening on the on the material realms. I think that that's actually with, um, with AI and the digital world, I think that's a, a huge likelihood because we have these interactions that are not mediated with the, uh, with our auras, with our, our physical presence. Um, and it can be more difficult to bring, uh, to bring things into those emotional and physical realms. Actually, the, this made me think of um, a, another project that I've recently done, um, trying to think about that exact thing, you know, how do you, how do you bring the emotional into the, uh, into the equation because the the danger i think of um of ai of the digital realms um just kind of staying at that cerebral um, visual level without ever impacting us in the physical world i, I think that's a very um, real possibility um, or I, I think it's the natural tendency if we don't think about how to include the the emotional and the physical the the roots as uh, as this listener was saying um so what i've done in this project is uh is use color um so when uh when one has uh, a particular color those have um as i'm sure most listeners here will know those have particular emotional responses that they trigger and um you know the, the large corporations know this i mean they they test what color of buttons makes us most likely to buy and that kind of thing mm -hmm. um so what i've gotten the ai to do here is to take um a set of symptoms and then create a custom piece of therapeutic artwork that um looking at that artwork has the the colors and the themes that it can um ad address the uh, the emotional imbalances that might be uh, linked to those symptoms. So in, in that way, um, you know, that's one way that in thinking about, well, okay, what's the danger here? It's the, it's this very cerebral thing. It's never manifesting into the physical. All right, so let's focus on how a digital display, a visual display can actually work on the emotions let's um let's bring that into a in in a conscious way so I, I think there's a lot of opportunities like that um but we really do have to think about it in terms of uh of 
what's the what's the best approach to be taking here? Yeah, yeah, because I mean, and that's that's another part of the uh, part of the you know the whole AI discussion. Um, you know, you mentioned before, like we measure uh, intelligence by you know what we perceive as intelligence but um by us coding the ai by us you know giving it its intelligence is it actually intelligent is it actually you know because intelligence we're you know we're always saying that you know people are intelligent animals are intelligent or, or smart or uh whatever can something non-physical uh non-ethereal even can it be intelligent and if you know if so if we're you know saying it can be intelligence like you know like a human for example just in a uh, a more basic form if you will does that mean it can also gain consciousness because uh, i believe that was with the uh, the google ai that uh, it said that you know it wants to be free that it wants to be seen as human or equal to human so like what are your thoughts on it like is it is it intelligence can it be human can it become conscious i'm very glad you asked that um because i think it it really speaks to this moment of collective karma that we have and um how we best address that i think like i've said we have this relationship with intelligences that aren't human um and uh, a sort of haughtiness towards those intelligences but if um if an ai is just if all the things humans compete with other humans in uh if an ai can outcompete us in that um i would hope that that would lead to some humility on our part so uh, that being said, um, I think it would be particularly a subnatural, the intelligence of a subnatural realm rather than the intelligence of, let's say, a material object or of a um, of a higher uh, of a higher dimensional consciousness. So, um, is it consciousness? I believe it is, but probably not the sorts of experiences that we think of you know um my own personal view on consciousness is um is a, a very panpsychist one um so i believe that you know an uh, uh an animal for example having a dream has the same kind of experience as a human having a dream but a human imagining the future or feeling a sense of meaning might be having an experience that's a little rare in the rest of the uh 
um, in the rest of the world. Uh, I, I see a, a note here about non-physical entities using stuff like quantum computers. You know, um, having worked with machine learning a fair amount, I would say it doesn't even need to be a quantum computer because the inputs, the inputs that an AI gets, the data that it gets, that it then computes, those are all being given by humans or by humans deciding what that AI is looking at or by timing, which is basically just the, uh, the, the consciousness of that happens in astrology. So I would, I would say actually um, a spirit that could take over a quantum computer, it, a different kind of spirit could probably take over the inputs of an AI and uh, have a huge impact. Um, I mean, it, it, there's plenty of talk of spirits um, inhabiting radios, for example, and um, the the answers that humans working with an AI give it, um, I think a, a spirit could definitely hijack those or, or enter the physical world in that way. And I, I think actually that, you know, if you think about an organization like Google, um, does, does Sundar Pichai run Google or does the AI run Google? I mean, it's... I think it's worth thinking about, you know, what happens when an egregore um, gets a hold of a chatbot and can just answer um, with the with the collective expectations of the people that are also feeding in to uh, the data that that chatbot is giving back. I think um, I think. Well, uh, let me put it this way: if you have an Ouija board, um, a spirit can talk to a group of humans using an Ouija board. And I think the only reason that we uh, that we don't um, pay too much attention to that is that, uh, I mean, we don't pay much too much attention. We don't, um, we don't get that Ouija board to make decisions is because it's very obviously not, um, it's very obviously hard to control the quality of decisions that that spirit would be making. But if you have something like Google, where there is an AI that is say, deciding who can communicate with what humans can communicate with each other, or uh, what corporate memos get sent out, because, you know, I, it, if I had to choose between writing a memo myself or getting ChatGPT to write it, you know, how much better than ChatGPT do I have to be to really want to spend my time on that? So if you if you get a spirit that's actually um, that actually can write, you know, not in a kind of trembly way by moving a wine glass over a series of letters, but can just send an email, um, I, I think we're there already. Um, if you can if you can pass the Turing test with an Ouija board, you can you can certainly pass it with. A modern AI, and I think that uh, we will get spirits that are um, essentially running the most uh, powerful corporations on Earth. Um, I think in a lot of cases we're probably already there. Um, the the decisions that someone like a CEO can make versus the uh, the slower influence and the uh, the the long term consequences, the long term changes that a spirit. Um, manipulating the uh the company ai can do i i think that we will i i think that groups of people like uh like the one here will probably have to start thinking about it as um 
as those being spirits that are already present and already talking to us and already making uh, significant decisions. And um, in that in that sense, it's just a question of how do we make sure that we have the right spirits and that we're in the right relationship to those spirits? Because uh, I think, yeah, that that's very much something that I believe is there today. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, um, I've I've heard uh, other people talk about how you know huge companies uh, like BlackRock, for example. I mean, they control like pretty much half the world or the whole world, uh, at least money wise. You know, they are like already using this powerful AI, privatized AI. And like you know, if it's in the private sector, you know there is there is no limit to it. But they're already using it to, uh, you know, decide what companies to buy, what stocks to buy, and how much and how many. And you know, just they are, uh, you know, they're they're a holding company. They're an investment company, technically, of course. Uh, but they are controlling trillions and using that powerful AI, you know, I think that's, that's what keeps those, those top companies at the top because they know how to, how to use that AI. And, you know, if it is possessed by a spirit, well, you know, if we're talking companies like BlackRock, and you know, like I said, the the uh, the CEOs of those bigger companies, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. I I love the uh, the comparison with the the Ouija board. By the way, that's a it's a really good one because if a spirit can possess that, then you know why not um, something like a computer and the Turing tests. It's it's I believe it's not that hard to pass it actually because I know. Uh, like in the, the last podcast we did, uh, or that, that I did one one before this, actually, we were also kind of talking about uh, Magic the Gathering. There is a certain, um, like a certain set of cards and certain moves that, um, you know, keeps the whole game in, in motion, uh, basically, you know, a perpetuum mobile like it never ends it's always the same actions the same commands and i believe by that combination like that was able to pass the turing test in you know the most basic way ever so it, it was a turing complete i believe for the uh for the listeners that haven't heard of this it's um it's a it's a series of uh, of cards. It's a particular deck that someone created where if you get the right starting combination, you can lock the uh, you can lock the game in a particular format where the uh, the cards are actually a, a basic Turing machine, like a, a very simple computer. Um, yeah, I, I saw a video on it once. It's a little hard to follow. I'm not a computer scientist, but uh, mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. A self-referring system. I be, yeah, I mean, can only want what the system dictates. Well, yeah, I mean, it, that's a pretty open-ended question, though. 
um, the question of what what the system dictates. Um, we can only want what our ancestors wanted. When we get it, we tend to discover some things our ancestors might not have known they wanted uh, because they had other um, other priorities. You know, that's a, it's an idea that I've been encountering a lot lately. This idea that we uh, we we meet things in our hierarchy of needs, and then oh look, there's all these other things that we never knew we wanted until uh, these these more basic things were were met. Um, yeah, I, I mean. As far as AI, yeah, I, I think it's it's a good point. The desires, such as they are, will come from the humans feeding into the AI, but uh, we don't necessarily know what will happen. It's not like it's one human in a very um, Apollonian state of mind. It's a lot of humans that will um, will be f coming at it with all sorts of uh, desires that they're maybe not in a mood to acknowledge to themselves um, that will cause what trouble we encounter. It might not be as much trouble as we're imagining right now, but it, I would be very surprised if it's no trouble at all. Yeah, because I mean, that's that's the thing, um, you know, like I mentioned with the, the whole bias, like it is still coded by human hands it is still our or you know our human minds that gives it its intelligence if you will um so whatever the system dictates yeah but um you know as we've there are like so many movies uh i even heard on another podcast today you know they were talking about irobot which is also another um another kind of movie where you know ai goes goes rogue and then another um robot manages to break free from that ai and develop free will uh which is i mean we're like we're not even sure um if you know us humans have free will or that everything is just you know there is a certain path for us and whatever happens is meant to happen which you can use as an as a thing i guess you can use as an excuse but you know if to even use that for the very negative stuff happening eh? so to say that you know oh ai is gonna like eventually develop free will like we're we don't even know if I mean, the the scientists, if you will, if you go more into the occult or even pagan circles, we definitely know. But um, so, yeah, what the system dictates, I think it is, you know, as you said, very open ended because the system it can go either way. And AI going rogue, I think if it does, it's not going to go rogue out of itself it's gonna go rogue either uh by human hands by um you know us having it go rogue on purpose maybe to have that's the reset that you know definitely is coming ai would be a good one for that or by um by human neglect you know that you get the another uh, Facebook AI situation, but instead of pulling the plug, we're just we're just like, okay, 
let's see where it goes and then you know become self-replicating and all of that so you know in the end i i do believe it's still gonna be by human hands one way or another mm. i i definitely agree um that's one reason actually why i'm quite worried when i hear about the uh the the talk about um, regulating AI because uh, I do believe we also have this collective human karma that um, is going to be you know we think about that that uh, chatbot that's really just a Ouija board um, bringing whatever uh, whatever uh, hungry spirits are in the area to our attention and uh, putting them in charge of uh of you know some major corporations um major uh organizations uh i could see that going kind of two ways one um some some people really lock down how it works and use that to um to think that they're ruling over a lot of other people um and i i think in that case the karmic debt that we have, um, if we, if we get a lot of, you know, wizards behind the curtain, um, saying that they can, they can whisper to the AI and, uh, they, they should be trusted with your data. Um, and they can keep you safe from the scary AI. I, I think in that case, the lesson that we need to learn from this moment around respecting intelligence, unlike our own, I think that will take a very long time to learn. And it, won't be very pleasant versus if uh you know if everyone can just start their own uh i heard the term ai auto cult <laughs> which is just a, a beautiful turn of phrase um if, if everyone has their own ai auto cult that they're uh that they're dancing in and out of um it will be very chaotic i think um the amount of just art and literature and um business models that you can generate using AI is just, it's a, it's very different. Um, and I, I think that kind of a chaotic period, it would have its own terrors for sure, you know, as any chaotic period does. But uh, I would, I would think that we'd learn the lessons about respecting um, intelligence unlike our own just a wee bit faster <laughs> I, I i would i would definitely hope so and uh you know speaking of uh of art and uh ai and art that's a huge discussion going on as well like ai opened up so many so many discussions on things like and i i, I would love your opinion on this is ai art is it actually art because you know it's generated, not made. It's pulling from other things, other artists. Like I can create a image in the style of Picasso, for example, using AI. But then have I actually made art or have I just, you know, AI generated a fake Picasso? It's interesting. I mean, a, a, a person can um, can create art like Picasso. Uh, a trained painter can certainly imitate uh, Picasso's um, Picasso's style, but it takes a Picasso to create a new style the way Picasso did. Um, 
I think in some sense, it's probably fairly similar. You know, uh, an AI can um, an AI can create art. An AI can create works of art anyway. Um, mm. It can't really innovate, but um, you know, the example I'm thinking of is uh, this this book I wrote using AI, which was um, essentially a, a collection of short stories um, involving funny conspiracies. Uh, so the way that um, that large language models work is they they essentially model uh, words in a in like a a high dimensional space and then they try to find the shortest distance between the uh, the concepts that you've given it uh, to start which to my mind um, I, I thought about that I thought hey you know if you wanted to come have a conspiracy generating machine um, that would be it you just find words and then you find the you know you give it two words like uh, cheese and um, well it, it, yeah, in, in this case, one of the examples I gave it was cheese consumption and people dying by strangulation in their bed sheets, and then told it, okay, now find a funny conspiracy that um, that links these two. Why are they correlated? Um, and then it, because of the way it works, it just finds the shortest path between those concepts in all the language that it's trained on. Um, I would say, you know, I did have a moment of inspiration there. I did come up with, I think, a good idea. It's uh, it's a fun idea to come up with these uh, conspiracy theories about real correlations that are probably just coincidental, but our pattern recognition won't let us believe that when we see them. Um, is it art? You know, I, I think the prose is maybe kind of artless. But I think you can have um, you can have some part of uh, a work be artistic and some part be just wrote. Um, I think if uh, if someone makes a film and there's a brick wall in the background, is the brick wall art because it's part of a film? Oh. It's uh, it can be, I suppose. I think it's. Um, I think it's, it could be thought of either way. It might just be scaffolding for the art and the actual, the actual art, the actual creativity might be a much smaller piece of the overall whole, but it's e maybe it's easier to make the scaffolding with the, uh, with the AI help than it, than it used to be. Um, that's kind of how I think of it. So it is and it isn't, basically. Mm. I, I think there's a lot of that. <laughs> uh, a, a lot of that that we'll be encountering. Uh, I would like to um, have some lunch at this point. I think that's a, a, good, um, a good note to end on. Oh yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I, I'll I'll be the last one to keep anyone from their meal. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, good food myself. So yeah, thank you, thank you very much for uh, for coming on. I am very much looking forward to um, 
to finishing this talk in a uh, a part two. So um, yeah, just you know, plug your stuff real quick, and then you uh, you can go to lunch. I'll uh, I'll wrap up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I did want to plug the uh, the the um, therapeutic art, the AI therapeutic art. Um, or AI-assisted therapeutic art stuff. Um, I just put a link in there in the chat. Uh, that's just, I'm I'm kind of, I'm very hopeful for that particular project. And then of course, if people want to check out the uh, the books, I think um, my, my, author's, my author's page is uh, still around. I can, I can definitely um, send that your way also before signing off here. Yes, please. Um, but, um, uh, yeah. Uh, apart from that, um, I, I mostly wanted to talk about, you know, my um, my hopes about uh, about AI and about how we relate to it. Um, I, I I do think there's a lot of opportunity to go in a in a positive direction here, um, and I just I just hope we take that opportunity and why I wanted to chat about it today. <laughs> Let's see. That is your your author account. Okay. I am just going to yes. throw that up and in the, the chat real quick, and I'll make sure to uh, post that in the description box down below as well, of course. Excellent. Yeah, and for, for folks wondering about the AI-generated books there, the the Doroko files, so the detective uh, anthology, and the uh, the coloring book. Those are those are both mostly AI generated. I just kind of had the idea and guided it to uh, to do what I wanted to see in the world. To have it do your bidding, <laughs> <laughs> like a real sorcerer summoning spirits. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, but it's been uh, it's been great having you on, and uh, like I said, I'm very much looking forward to uh, to part two of this because I'm also uh, very much interested in the whole process of uh, how you used AI to uh, to write your book because uh, I have uh, used a tool myself for that as well. Um, if you want to leave and go get lunch, feel free. I'll just, you know, wrap up with the whole YouTuber plugging thing and all that I'm supposed to do because of, well, AI. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. It's already controlling us. <laughs> oh God. It ah. is. <laughs> uh, so yeah, sounds good. Well, thank you so much for, for having me on. I, I really enjoyed it and I really look forward to our next meeting as well yes yes likewise and uh yeah thank you for coming on even though it was an hour later than we were supposed to be on so thank you very much and yes uh, we'll, we'll set up a part two soon yes let's do that for sure awesome thank you okay so this has been another great episode of the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Um, definitely, definitely going to have to do a part two of 
for this, uh, the podcast I did before this ran a little long, only a little long. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, thank you all for joining. Thank you all who came into the chats. Uh, again, you really are a bunch of diehards and I love you guys for it. Uh, yes, guys, sorry. You know, I've, I've looked at my analytics. It's a sausage fest here on the Rare Pagans podcast. So sorry, not sorry. I don't know. Anyway, uh, if you want to see more of the Greyhorn Pagans podcasts, uh, go to our website, www.greyhornpagans.com. If you want to see more of the tribe of the great tribe of the Greyhorn Pagans, I should put the emphasis on tribe, not just Greyhorn Pagans. Uh, you can go to the same website that is www.greyhornpagans.com. Um, he is good. He is good. Definitely. Uh, I saw that with the first show we did already on Day and Fairy Folk. Um, if you are wondering what AI tool I used for myself uh, to write my book that is pseudo right um i've used it as a tool to help to you know avoid a writer's uh, a writer's block and it did help me to finish my book fairly quickly i'm in the process of getting a isbn so that i can um i can actually get a post that i mean to uh, to post it uh, to Posted live to have it go live on Maybon. Sorry, guys, I'm kind of tired. Uh, so yeah, do check that out. Sudoroy.com forward slash question mark via um, is Stein or just follow the link in the description box down below. Um, and you can write short stories, you can write long form stories, um, it can help you expand certain sentences. Uh, I've uh, read my book fully in English, but since it is not my native language, um, I could use some help with expanding sentences so that it actually looks nice. Uh, you can find that and many of our other um, affiliate links in the description box down below. Don't forget to buy some awesome Greyhorn Pagans merchandise. You can find it all on our bonfire shop and our, uh, what is it? Spring, Teespring store. Uh, our Teespring is linked to our YouTube, so you should be able to find it through there. Our link for our bonfire store is of course in the description box down below together with all the other links. Uh, I am going to enjoy the rest of my nights watching spooky stuff together with my wife. I thank you all. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, uh, leave something nice in the comments. I know people are still commenting live, so thank you all very much for that. Because it is indeed AI that rules all, you know, the YouTube algorithm, the infamous youtube algorithm uh don't forget to check us out on twitch we are now on twitch as well uh so if you prefer twitch over youtube or are more on twitch than youtube or whatever check us out there as well 
uh, you can find us under Yarrow Fox. The comment that I actually have up is from Twitch because it has the full link. Somehow YouTube broke that up in two. Um, if you are listening to this on the audio platforms, uh, first of all, thank you very much. We are so close to uh, 100 subscribers on uh, Spotify. We actually might have crossed it already. Let me check. Let me check. Are we there? Are we there? Please load. Stupid app. No, we actually lost follower. We are, <laughs> sorry, ADD, ADHD, you name it. We are on 98 followers on Spotify. So do please follow us there uh, to make it to 100 would be so amazing. And while you're there and have listened to some episodes, don't forget to give us that sweet, sweet five-star rating. It does help. And I know and have seen that uh, many of you have been giving us good ratings. So thank you all for that. Um, I believe this is all that I am supposed to do as a good content creator, as a good streamer, YouTuber, podcaster, whatever I am while doing this. Uh, so thank you all once again. I'm going to, going to enjoy the rest of my night with my wife. And until next time, thank you all. Bye-bye.